morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, November 26th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. We hope you're having a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. We are off this week and we'll be back with new episodes next week. But until then, enjoy this previously recorded episode from November 6th, 2020. Hi everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. So glad you could join us on this Friday. We're gonna continue to talk about the book of Philippians. But before we begin, let's start with prayer. Let us pray. God, may we keep our eyes focused on you. May our hearts know your love. May our hands and feet go where you want them to be. In your name, amen. Our passage is from the book of Philippians, the third chapter, verses 14, through the fourth chapter, verse 1. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. All right, for our fun question, Tara, what should the theme song of your life be? You know, the first thing I thought of, Waylon Jennings has a song called Lonesome, Ornery, and Mean. (laughs) Uh, And then right after that, I thought of Hank Williams Jr., Whiskey Bent, and Hellbound. But those aren't really what I would pick. There's actually, um, when I was installed here at this church, there's an old spiritual called Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. It's not like the popular song, Stand By Me, but um, it's it's one of my favorites. I feel like the theme of my life is God standing by me when I didn't know God was there, mm-hmm. when I needed God most, even when I didn't, I thought. So what about you? You just gave like a really beautiful answer and mine are kind of silly, but that's all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with, you know, there there's, uh, you know, you have different songs at different points in your life and. You know, the first one I thought of was, you know, after undergrad, there's a song in a musical from Avenue Q called What Do You Do With a B.A. in English? And <laughs> that's how I felt coming out of undergrad with a religious studies degree. It has a line that says, uh, I can't play, pay the bills yet because I have no skills yet. Nice. <laughs> um, there you go. 
but then the one that I the one I thought of where I'm at right now is um, in Hello Dolly's musical. There's a song called "Put on Your Sunday Clothes," there and you it's go. talking about going out and putting on your best and and going out. There's a song called "Sunday Best" by the Surfaces that I actually listen to almost every Sunday morning. Well, here are the different music choices that we <laughs> listen to. <laughs> um, so back to our passage. Can you talk a little bit with us about what verse nine about verse nineteen and and what it might mean when it, when it says that um, their destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. What do you think they're talking about? Or so, Paul's talking about? yeah, Paul's talking. He says, you know, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And then he goes on to say, their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. And I think what Paul is saying is that there is a way of being in the world that is true to the cross. Hmm. And that is a way of being where you are humble, where you worry about others more than yourself, where your constant focus is on being true to God. So to be an enemy of that, is to be focused on earthly things, status, how I'm going to get along in the world, the things that I need, making myself the center of the world. And I really like where he says, their God is the belly, because that reminds me that it's impossible to get enough of those things. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's no such thing as enough money. There's no such thing as enough status. There's no such thing as enough success. Um, So I like that he points out that living that way is not only impossible, but it isn't good for you. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, you know, you, you talking made me think. So I read this book series. I was, am, was and still am a nerdy kid, but there was a book se- series called Animorphs about boy, children that could morph into animals who <laughs> were fighting course. who were fighting an invasive alien species unbeknownst to humans could be happening. I don't know. (laughs) But there is a specific, um, and and the aliens kind of used mind control in a sense, but they didn't, and they had conquered several other alien species. But there was one alien species called the Taxons, I believe, that they didn't need to um, mind control because these aliens had this uncontrollable hunger that drove them to whatever they could do. And this alien race had developed a sort of ray that could satisfy that hunger for half a second. And so they had this control over this entire race. And I think all the things you talk about, um, it's this, uh, we have these things, you know, like food, like power, that none of it will be enough to ever fully satisfy it. And so it's really easy to be controlled uh, to do horrible things um, because of this insatiable desire to satisfy something that will never satisfy you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on the one extreme. And then I think on the, maybe maybe some people are in that boat and then other people are more in this um, melancholic of, of, of their desires aren't necessarily in their belly, but it's in things like, you know, like Netflix, like, they're because going out seems hard or or because caring for others seems hard it's not necessarily you know these dominating structures of power but it's just you know laziness and um i think that that's something that we can 
that I can relate to, that that ends up being a dominating factor of, of how can, you know, um, how can uh, I not do things <laughs> as opposed to uh, how can I do things for me? How can I just not do things? That's interesting you say that because I do think there are things that are particularly egregious. And I think Christians are real good at pointing those out. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think there are things that may seem... Uh, benign or nebulous, but are still not what Christ calls us to do. And guess what? We're supposed to stop doing those too. Hmm. Um, so, and I have those. I mean, um, <laughs> I uh, told my husband, my oldest daughter started driving and it's been like really emotional for me because like the illusion that she needs me is gone. <laughs> and I told Brian, I picked a heck of a week to quit eating sugar, right? Because there are times where I drown my feelings in a good old piece of cake. Yeah. Um, but that's gluttony. Yeah. I didn't need the cake for my body. Yeah. Um, I need to trust my emotions to God. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone has stuff like that. It's, you know, one of the one of the issues that has kind of become, for some reason, the dividing issue of churches is the um, people differing on opinions on LGBTQ plus uh, marriage and ordination, uh, which I think that's become a thing because most of us, <laughs> um, it doesn't directly affect our lives. And so that's a really easy thing to make the hill that you're going to die on as opposed to, you know, um, you know, what are my investments in? Is it Are my investments harming people? Yeah. <laughs> um, that directly applies to me. Uh, and so we we turn all of that um, we turn all of that emotion and all of that uh, energy towards something that we don't have to deal with. Um, and so you know maybe that's perhaps you and I did it at the very beginning when we were talking about you know power and all these other things. But we don't want to talk about things that you know might uh, be gnawing in our own gut. That's right. <laughs> and it's also problematized by the fact that we can't be perfect. Yes. But yes. I do think the spiritual life is looking at yourself, getting things back into order. Yeah. And then you screw it up yeah. and you take a look at yourself and you get things back into order. And it's this constant, it's a process, mm-hmm. not a destination. Yeah. Um, and, so, and each time you know the grace of God a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And each time I hope that I can offer the grace of God to someone else. Mm, yeah. All right. With that, our quote today is from Meister Eckhart. And he said, The spiritual life is one of subtraction, not addition. Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.